0: Welcome to another edition of the Baseball America Prospect Handbook Podcast. JJ Cooper and Ben Badler joining you again today. And before we get started, we do want to remind everyone that all of the Baseball America books are now available at baseballamerica.com/store. You can get the Prospect Handbook, you can get the Almanac, you can get the Directory, you can get the Super Register, you can get the Hall of Fame Almanac. They're all there, and check them out. It, especially the Hall of Fame Almanac is is new and just on the uh, on the shelves. Updated for this year, so you're you're talking about a, again uh, a book with that. If you want to sit there and just read, enjoy reading about everyone in the Hall of Fame, Baseball America Hall of Fame Almanac is the book for you. Uh, very lavishly illustrated as well. But Ben, we're going to talk today about a guy who, not in the Hall of Fame, long ways away from that, but uh, has been projected to that for a, you know since he was a teenager. And right now, Bryce Harper is hitting. He's hitting 298, 434, 640 with 11 homers, and also impressively 28 walks in 143 plate appearances, 33 games this year. So, Ben, are we seeing the Bryce Harper that uh, that we've been expecting to see uh, going back to when he made his debut as a 19-year-old?
1: Yeah, I think this is pretty much exactly what what we've been expecting from him. Even even before he was nineteen, back when he was, you know, still in in high school, and this was a guy, a kid who uh, at the time was a kid who left high school early. But you know, I remember reading reports and, and hearing our. You know, I don't get involved in our draft coverage, but I just remember listening to guys like John Manuel and and Jim Callis when he was with BA talking about, you know, this guy Bryce Harper is, is the next, uh, you know, going to be a big star, and he was like 14 or, or 15 years old, uh, and he was a catcher at the time, and then I remember seeing him when he was 16 years old at the, I believe it was at the Tournament of Stars, and his, his arm strength and, and his bat speed and the power he had, even though he was so much younger than everybody else there, was just it was so obvious the talent that he had, just how much better he was than all of the upperclassmen there. And you know, everything we saw, you know, in, in, in college, uh, when he was in the minor leagues, you know, early in his, his major league career, I, I think we picked him as the you know, our our comeback or our rebound candidate this year uh in the in the major league preview which sounds really strange to say for a 22-year-old but i think there's you know there's just a lot of fatigue in general that comes from hearing about a guy for for so long and and when the bar is set so high you know even though he's still 22 years old i think everybody was expecting him to be you know a, a superstar when he's you know 20 21 years old and and he's been you know he's had an outstanding career already for such a young kid but to see him Doing this now, leading the National League in, in home runs, uh, leading Major League Baseball uh, in walks with with an OPS over a thousand. Yeah, I mean this is uh, this is pretty much everything we were we've been expecting for years. So it's it's fun to see what he's doing right now.
0: But the, the funny thing about this is, is and I don't want to overlabor the point, but really what you all what you only have with Bryce Harper is is that Bryce Harper was hurt last year. If you take that out of it. There's really been, there's nothing that you can say in the first, now we're talking about three plus years, three and a quarter years of his big league career, nothing has been disappointing. And the funny thing is, is that I do feel like, like even last year, and last year he was hurt, but that that all being said, 273, 344, 423 as a 21-year-old corner outfielder, that's really, that's That's not something where you say, wow, that was just a disastrous year. But it is funny how nowadays this is in in some way the, I wouldn't say the downside, but we now live in the world where everyone knows, hey, we love it because this is what we did going back, you know, 30 years ago when if you didn't read Baseball America, no one knew who these guys' names were before they hit the big leagues, it seemed like. But with Bryce Harper, everyone's been expecting big things for so long that there was almost this feel of, okay, he could put up a 274, 368, 46 year with 20 homers as a 20-year-old, and people could be disappointed. And that's not a disappointing year for a 20-year-old. It it does seem like that, it's funny, but the expectations for him are such that if he doesn't hit 40 homers in a year, it ends up being qualified as a bad year, he might hit 40 home runs this year. But what do you think are, are again going forward what are reasonable expectations for Bryce Harper?
1: I mean, this is a guy who his power is at the the top of the charts. He is uh you know, as long as he stays healthy, which has been an issue early in his career, but uh, I think that as long as he can stay healthy, this is a guy who should be uh certainly a consistent 30 plus home run threat, a guy who should crack 40 home runs Uh, I think during multiple season it's that's going to depend on the 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 way the offensive environment goes but I I think he's got a good chance to to break 40 home runs this year and he's you know look he's still 22 years old he's got a he's got a very patient approach you you can see that from all the the walks that he's drawn this year and the way that he's approached his at-bat there's there's still some swing and miss there but I, I think there's there's room for him to to grow and, and mature as a hitter. I think he's going to continue to uh, get a more, you know, he's, he's already a patient hitter, but just learning which pitches he should swing at where, you know, there's some high fastballs that he's, I think his eyes light up at and, you know, he can hit those out of the park, but sometimes there's some swing and miss there. And I, I think, you know, look, he's 22 years old. Most, most guys his age are, you know, maybe a year or, or two out of college. And this guy has already had, uh, you know, f- this is his fourth major league season already. So I think there's a lot of room for growth for him, uh, both as a as a hitter and a, as a defender, too. Uh, I think he's got a chance to be a, a potential, you know, the tools are there for him, for him to be a potential gold glove uh, corner outfielder. So uh, and remember, this is a guy who was a, a catcher uh, up until he started his pro career. So I, I think there's a as good as he is right now. There's still a lot of room for growth for him. Uh, which is what's really scary about what what could come for him.
0: To me, what I look at him is is that I, I think that he could be another Giancarlo Stanton with maybe even a little bit higher OBP. That's, to me, kind of when you asked me the, the shorthand version of, of what Harper can be, and I don't think he's that far off of that right now. But um, when you talk about those are, to me, the two best pure power guys in raw power in the major leagues, the two guys who – have the most thump in their bat, and i I do think when you look at it i was, you know when you mentioned about twenty two when the season started, he was still the youngest player in the national league, which is amazing he he's sixty six home runs now in the big leagues he's got those in the bank you know over pretty much everyone arriving in the big leagues now uh at you know who's the guys who are arriving now are at his age uh the're really guys who move very quickly. It's funny when I think about that. We talk about Carlos Correa, Byron Buxton, who's the best prospect in the minors now. And the thing that stands out is, is that as good as those guys are, I think that I've, we've probably seen the best one-two combo that we're, as far as prospect status that we're ever going to see in our lifetime when we had Trout and Harper, basically, as the two guys who were coming up at the same time. I, I maybe I'm being pessimistic, but I, I don't think we'll top that in my next. You know, maybe not lifetime, but next ten to fifteen years, I don't know if we'll top that. What do you think?
1: I, I think it's possible, but I think you're right. That's going to be that's going to be a tough one to beat. Certainly over the next, uh, certainly over the next five years, it's it's going to be a, a tough one to beat. And and it's you know not just at the at the time, but looking forward, obviously at, at what these guys have have already accomplished with, with Mike Trout. I mean, Mike Trout is the best player in baseball since, since Barry Bonds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it's tough to get better than that. And I think that Bryce Harper, You know, I don't think he's going to be as good as Mike Trout at this point just because, again, Mike Trout is the best player since Barry Bonds. Mike Trout's who is,
0: power <laughs> is better than we expected.
1: Yeah. That's
0: a, the a, differentiator is that his power is not that far off of Harper's and then everything else is going to be better.
1: Yeah, but st- these guys are, are both potential. I mean, these guys could both win MVPs this year <laughs> in their in their respective leagues. So you're right. It's it's going to be tough to top that one-two punch.
0: It, it is. It's And especially when you throw in how quickly those guys move. Because, again, age is important, especially with a hitter. And it's very hard to hit the big leagues as early as Bryce Harper did because in Bryce Harper's case, he moved his clock up because – he was good enough that he skipped, essentially, his junior and senior years of high school, played one year of JUCO instead, and so was eligible after his junior year in high school, effectively. U.S. guys don't do that. Again, when you throw in the the combination of, of youth at the age at which he was big league ready, really about the only way that you could match that is... If a there was an extremely advanced Latin player who signed at 16 and moved uh, amazingly quickly, uh, again, you know that he's a pitcher. But the only guy I can think of, kind of on a similar type timetable, is Julio Urias. Because again, 18-year-olds usually, even if your draft is a 17-year-old, they're going to want a, a full season. In, in Harper's case, you, you had he moved about as quickly as an American-born player can move. I really can't think of. It's going to be hard for many guys to become established in the big leagues as young as you got to remember Harper's going to be 22 all year. Harper will turn 23 this year in the playoffs late in the playoffs. If the, if the nationals are in the world series, they'll be celebrating Bryce Harper's birthday, turning 23 during the world series. It's just a pretty unfathomable uh, again, just the combination of youth and again, present production that you're already seeing. So it is fascinating. It's been a great and amazing first month of the season for him. He has 11 home runs right now. He had 13 all last year. Again, a new year, that was kind of where he battled a lot of injuries. If he stays healthy this year, uh, you know, 22 home runs his rookie year, clearly that should uh, fall pretty quickly, again, if he can stay healthy all year. So that was our look at the Major League side on, on this uh, podcast. We did want to switch it to the, the Minor League side. And, and, Ben, two guys that you want... I know you've, you're fascinated with Jose De Leon, who's had uh, a pair of twelve strikeout games already, and you you're he was pretty prominent in the Dodgers list coming into the year. He, he's doing everything he can to show that maybe you know it, it's hard to rank him any higher considering who was ahead of him on that list. But he is he's definitely moving up the overall prospect list right now. Would you say? Would you say that, Ben?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's pretty remarkable the transformation that he's made over the past really two years. I mean, this is a guy that the Dodgers drafted in the 24th round as a college pick out of Southern uh, in 2013. He was, you know, he threw in the low 90s. Uh, there were some body issues. Didn't really have a a sharp pitch to put anybody away with. So that's why you get a college guy in, in the 24th round for, uh, you know, for a fairly modest bonus. And, and nobody was... Really talking about him at the time. He went out, pitched in the Arizona League, fairly nondescript, uh, moved up to the Pioneer League by the end of that year and, and got hit around uh, really, really hard. So the next year, you know, the Dodgers, uh, they didn't even expect much from him. They they held him back in extended spring training. He, he was 21 years old and they, they sent him back to the Pioneer League uh, when that season started. But. He he lost a lot of weight. He got himself into much better condition, and his stuff really ramped up. He started, you know, going from ninety ninety three up to ninety three to ninety six. Uh, he made some mechanical adjustments, moving around. Uh, I don't want to get you started, but he moved from the third base side of the rubber, moved over oh, yeah. to the first base side. Uh, I think that helped give him a little bit better direction of the plate. That seemed to really help his command. And all of a sudden, everything just seemed to click that year. Uh, this was last year, and then they moved him up to the Midwest League at the end of the season, and he had – it was 42 strikeouts, two walks in four starts. It was video game-type numbers. And I just remember talking to scouts about him and, and hearing the reports about him. And, you know, yeah, he was a, he was a really late-round draft pick, kind of an afterthought but this guy the guy who who they drafted is not the same guy who who was showing mid 90s fastball fairly sharp command throwing a ton of strikes and all of a sudden had an out pitch uh in his you know whether you whether you call it a curveball whether you call it a slider it's it's a swing and miss breaking ball uh and starting to show feel for a changeup too which which has really started to come along this season too and i think has has helped him out Uh, quite a bit so so yeah it's you can say oh well he was a late round draft pick or he's he's old for his for his level or his league it doesn't really matter none of that matters what matters is this guy has mid-rotation to top of the rotation type stuff and he's carried it over into this year he's been dominating the cali which is can be a nightmare on pitchers and the stuff that he has and the command that he has and, and the way his delivery works that's all going to project going forward. you know I'm not saying they need to promote him right now he's you know it's only been six starts we're only a month into the minor league season uh but this is a guy who, given the stuff and the command that he has right now, I could see him moving very quickly through the system this year
0: it is amazing you you look at the dodgers this is a system again. You, you do our, our Dodgers list, uh, you've done it in the past. That it's not, it's, it's impact over depth is kind of how I see it. Does that, uh, does that kind of square with what you look at? But there's a whole lot of potential impact in this system. Obviously, you start with Seeger. Jock Peterson's already doing it at the big league level, Julio Urias, we mentioned. And then you throw in guys like De Leon. Then you throw in, you, you, you know, you, you add in the, the Cubans they've signed. It's a fascinating system.
1: Yeah, I, I think their de- they're, you know their top three is as good as any teams in baseball. At least their preseason top three with with Seager, Peterson, and Urias. The only team that I would put ahead of them on that scale is is the Cubs. Uh, but yeah, that that top three is is just about as good as it gets. Uh, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Grant Holmes. I, you know, the pitchability still has to come along, uh, but he has excellent stuff. De Leon, like we were talking about, his his stock is is moving up. Uh, but I, I think there is a little bit more. When I did the system this year, what jumped out to me after doing it the previous year was there, w- there was more depth than than there was the the previous year. The, the previous year, you know, we go to thirty prospects, and you know how it is. Some organizations are like, man, there's some guys who I'm you know I'm leaving off the top thirty that I I really like who I want to get in there. And there's other guys where you're, you're writing them up in that, yeah. you know, 20 or 25 to 30 range. And you're like, this guy is, if everything clicks, uh, you know, a fourth outfielder or, a, you know, a, a lefty one out reliever kind of guy. And is, he's really more of an organizational type player. So uh, that, that was kind of the case with the Dodgers uh, a couple of years ago. But, you know, last year they had some some pretty interesting guys. They picked up. Uh, uh you know some interesting guys in in trades you know i like Yimmy garcia i i liked him a lot it 's you know a matter of how high you want to rank a guy who's you know whose ceiling is uh you know he's is a reliever obviously it's it, that 's a that 's a question mark how how you want to rank him but uh but i i did like him a lot uh they 've got some guys uh you know jarrell cotton i i like uh zach bird. the, the stuff really jumped up uh last year and and uh and the, the I think the command is gonna to start to, to come around too, like he like he showed at the end of last year. So I think there's a there's a little bit more depth than, than they might get credit for, but certainly the 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 main draw of that system is the top top three guys and, and now with the the emergence of you know De Leon and, and some of the, the other guys in the system, it's uh, you know that that shows why we, we why we ranked him so high in our, our our farm system rankings this year.
0: But, well, we, we've talked a lot of Dodgers talk. We do also want to talk about another guy who's really kind of taken a step forward. Alex Reyes' stuff has been impressive for, for quite a while, but he has taken some pretty dramatic steps forward end of last year, this year. Um, both his stuff's gotten better a little bit, and also the results have gotten a lot better because he's getting around the zone more. It, he's another one of the, if you say, guys who've, who've done a lot to help themselves in the first month of the season. I, obviously Reyes was on everyone's radar before the season, but, but what's impressed you, uh, Ben about what's happened with him kind of now that we're a month into the minor league season.
1: I mean, it's just, the stuff is just vicious stuff. It is he's, vicious. There's, there's not many guys in the minor leagues. He might have the best strikeout rate in the minor leagues. I mean, it's, it's top of the rotation stuff. It's, he can touch a hundred miles an hour. He's, he's not going to sit in the upper nineties as, as a starter, but, uh, he'll be mostly uh, mostly in the mid nineties with a with a really sharp power curveball. Uh, he's got a changeup that he really doesn't even need much at this level, but it's you know that's another pitch that projects as a potential above average pitch for him. Now, obviously, the issue with him is all right—is he going to throw enough strikes to uh, you know to to project as that front of the rotation starter and and hit that ceiling that that he does have. And yesterday, it was only one walk. That was really encouraging to see. But, yeah, that is a, a bigger concern going forward. But I do think that with the delivery he has, the athleticism he has, the the relative lack of experience that he has, too. Uh, you know, in, in high school, he was, uh, you know, th- remember the, he signed out of the Dominican Republic, but he grew he, he up been, in yeah. New Jersey, and he was a, a third baseman. He, he wasn't really and getting sometime uh, in Canada,
0: too, if I remember right.
1: Um. So he was, you know, this is a very atypical path toward where he is right now. I think there's a lot of factors that point toward him being able to, uh, to be able to corral his stuff, to be able to straighten out his, uh, his mechanics in terms of being able to repeat his release point, which is going to in turn lead to him throwing a lot more strikes and, and improving his command. Uh, because I think again, and when guys see their Stuff jump, which he has uh, over the past uh, past year or two. Sometimes there is a, an adjustment period where, all right, now I throw harder and and my breaking ball is even sharper, but I got to learn to be able to corral it in the strike zone now. Right. So I think that there's going to be a learning curve there, but I, I think that there, there's a good chance that he's he's one of the guys who's going to be able to figure out figure out how to command his stuff. I don't think we're going to see him. You know, three or four years down the road, you know, in AAA and and unable to, to figure out how to throw a strike. There's certainly a possibility that that happens, but uh, I'm optimistic going forward that he's he has the attributes that are going to translate to him figuring out the, the command and the control.
0: The, the thing that stands out with me uh, about him is is if you look at minor league starters and you said, okay, top two pitches, great them out, and you ask scouts. The only guy I can think of, and and this does not mean he's the second best pitching prospect in the game or anything like that, but fastball, breaking ball for him, Lucas Giolito is the guy that comes to mind who who may be a, a tick better as far as that, but when Reyes is on his fastball and breaking ball, I, I can't think of anyone else in the minors who, for a starting pitcher who I say, okay, their top two pitches are better than what the Reyes's are, because There are just very few guys who have that fastball, and there are very few guys who have that breaking ball, and there are very, very few guys who have that fastball and that breaking ball.
1: Yeah. I mean, if uh, obviously, if he had the command, you're right. (laughs) That's That fastball breaking ball. That's the prospect that
0: Giolito is. I mean, that doesn't yet. I mean, Giolito has that, and he has better control, better command right now, and he's got a better, I'd even say a little bit better body. Giolito has that kind of perfect body that you're looking for. Um Julio Urias has really good stuff. He has three pitches, and he locates them. That's different than what we're talking about with Reyes. But on pure nastiness of their stuff, uh, it is a lock-you-up breaking ball, and it is a I-can't-catch-up-to-it fastball. That's a, that's a great combo. You know, you, when you can touch triple digits as a starter, and you mix in a purely, as you said, it just filth, the, the breaking ball as well, it's a very, very hard combo to, to beat.
1: Yeah, I guess the the other two names that would pop to mind, now he's in the big leagues, but Carlos Rodon with the mm-hmm. White Sox with the, the know, fastball the, slider. Yeah, the fastball slider combination, <laughs> uh he's been, you know, again up to the the high 90s uh from the left side. I I'd, I'd put him in that category and, and the yeah. other guy would be uh Tyler Glasnow with the Pirates with his fastball and uh and that uh that breaking ball that he has would would be in that group. But you know, and Glasnow is another guy like Reyes who it's you know it's it's top of the rotation type stuff, and we'll we're gonna have to wait and see if they can figure it out with the the command,
0: right? And I would say that Reyes' stuff though is better, like as good as Glassman's stuff is. Is I would say that Reyes is personally I would give it as a, as a tick better, but you know just from the people I've talked to. Um, but again, those were yeah, those were the guys I put in that co- in that group. Um, you know, I, I'm trying to think of others. I. I really can't – Rodon's a good one. Uh, I, although, again, with Rodon's fastball, Rodon's fastball is not as electric as, say, like Reyes is, but he is doing it also from the left side. The slider is. The slider is the, the best slider of those in the minors before he went up to the big leagues. We we say farewell to you, Carlos, and we wish you well in the big leagues. And uh, it's it should be a long, uh, productive big league career for him. But it is, it's going to be fun to watch because Reyes, we're still going to see him in the minors for a while – Obviously, we're hoping that we'll be seeing him in Cincinnati at the Futures game. That's a hope we can have, because um, it would be very, very fun to see him there.
1: And would he be in the U.S. team or would he be on the World team? Because he I was think born he could in be New Jersey, either. he could be on either.
0: I could be wrong, but like I mean, I think that that could be one that you could put wherever you want it. Almost, I because he, you again, you have. I mean, again, I the. He was born in New Jersey, so from that standpoint, he could obviously be for Team USA. Um, but at the same time, he was signed out of the Dominican, so you could obviously do the Dominican, you know. And again, he also had residency. I don't think you could be on for you know representing Canada, in the, but he had residency in Canada if I remember correctly at some point. So you have. I think that Team Canada has kind of looked around like, okay, could he pitch for us in the World Baseball Classic? Things like that. So you have. Uh, that'd be fascinating to know the answer to that. And we don't know the answer right now. I I think the best way to put it is, could he be on this team somewhere? You know, U S team world, it it doesn't, you know, thank you, please. Uh, Can we have, you know, can can we have him on somewhere? But I think you're right though, that if you went from a, if you went from a, a logical basis, it usually is where you're born. And so being that it would be something where you would probably be for team USA, which I wonder if that would be the first Team USA player in the Futures game who was signed out of as an international free agent.
1: Yeah, although Mondesi was born in uh he was born in the United States you're, too. You're Raul, right. yeah, Raul Mondesi. You're so, right. So he would be another guy too who would and be Mondesi,
0: uh, Yeah, and Mondesi, yeah, so that so there is maybe some and he was considered for world. So that so there is some precedent there that he could be a world player too.
1: Yeah, it's probably easier to, so the, the U.S. pitching staff is always, it's hey, always the U.S. We, we pitching staff is world. always strong, and the world, uh, the world middle infield is always <laughs> too many guys, so well, we'll, uh, we're going to have to try to squeeze him onto that world team roster he, he, he then. He would
0: make that world one look a lot better, yes, yes. Uh, we, he would be a nice addition to the world roster. He would be nice on there. Julio Uris would be nice on there. Hey, Jose De Leon would be nice on there. We we talked about some potential futures gamers here, but uh, but I, I hate that we're going to wrap this up a little short here this week. But uh, I've got to get back to to writing draft uh, top two top one hundred guys, then top two hundred guys, then top five hundred guys. So uh, uh, again, thank you for the download for Ben Battler. I'm JJ Cooper, and we'll be back again next week. So long, everybody.